What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hardcore Gamer Show, our twice a month show for gamers made by gamers. I'm your hardcore host today, Michael Colville. It's Saturday, May 7th, and joining me as always are the myth, the legend, Vincent the Manned Hand. How are you doing today, Vincent? I'm feeling good. It is a dreary Saturday in Portland, which means it's a cozy day for Vincent. Cozy days are always good days for gamers. We don't need another excuse. Uh, we can just stay inside and keep playing. Uh, <laughs> here as well, you know him, you love him, the best hair in the business, wearing a hat again, Nathan Ludall. Maybe I'll just like transition to the best hats in the business. I'll, 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 I'll come out with a new hat. Next week's going to be a cowboy hat. All right, just uh, change my notes in the here. Nathan is hat man. Uh, and joining us for the first time as our newest official hardcore host, Delane Cunningham. Delane, welcome. Thank you. I am stoked to be here in my official capacity as co-host. Very exciting. Yes, we're happy to have you. Um, Delane featured on one of our hardcore half hours on Night in the Woods earlier. Now, Delane, I'm not going to put you on the spot often, but to put you on the spot, anyone that doesn't know, give us the elevator, elevator pitch on Delane. Who are you? What's your relationship with games? Oh, man. Um, well, I guess the who are you is easy. I'm Delane. Um, I'm a pretty casual gamer, so I'm you know bringing the casual to the hardcore gamers club, I think. Um, I play a lot of really heavy narrative and story-based games. Um, my visual novel fans out there, that's, those are my people. Um, so I, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm going to be learning a lot from you guys and hopefully sharing maybe the more niche perspective that I might come with since I don't really follow the, um, you know, big trends in gaming as closely. So that's so cool. Well, we are very excited to have you here. Um, but let's get right into it. Today, we've got a really fun show. This is going to be episode 30 of the Hardcore Gamer Show. So, of course, to celebrate, we're going to be taking a look at some video game series that are over 30 years old themselves. We're going to talk about what we've been playing, and, of course, we'll finish out the show with some community questions. But first, it's a new month, and you know what that means. It's time for a new game for Game Club. Each month, we play a new game and vote to decide if it can win the Hardcore Seal of Approval in our Game Club episode airing at the end of each and every month. Listeners, you can play along with us by subscribing on the podcast service of your choice, and you can get in on the discussion by joining us on Discord, tweeting us at the HGZ Show, or by sending an email to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. Nathan, you made the choice of our game this month. What are we playing? I sure did. So with a little inspiration from our new co-host, Elaine, I decided to choose the visual novel adventure game known as Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, also shortened as 999. Very cool. And uh, I, I don't know too much about this game or series, so I'm excited to get into that more. Uh, so uh, be on the lookout for that Game Club episode airing at the end of this month. But guys, the end of the month is so far away. Let's get right into it with our hardcore playlist. Vincent, I'll come to you first. What's been on your playlist recently? Uh, thank you so much. I have uh, so much to talk about, but I'll try to be uh, judicious about how I spend this time. 
Uh, firstly, I want everyone to know, and I want everyone to cheer when I tell you that I have finished Persona 4 Golden. Yes, I did it. What? It took uh, <laughs> between 60 and 70 hours, but I have achieved the true ending of this game. Uh, just when I thought I was out, it pulled me back in with this really incredible surprise, like at the final, like literally the final hour of the game. Um, on the last day that the game takes place, there is something that like completely shifted my perspective and, uh, you know, totally in line with Persona to do this, right? To uh, pull the rug right out from underneath of me to uh, surprise me yet again with its compelling stories and characters. And uh, although I thought some of the social links were lacking compared to Persona 5 Royal, um, I had one amazing time with this game and uh i gotta say um it was difficult picking one romantic partner for this game so i double dipped just like in my first persona 5 run you dog vincent <laughs> it's so tough and i did this too like i met on and i was like wow this is so obvious and then i met makoto and i was like oh no <laughs> so um uh, yes, I cannot wait for this game to come to consoles if it ever gets ported. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 25th anniversary of Persona this year, so we'll see. So, Vincent, you you said that you got the uh, secret ending this time around. You famously uh, missed the extra Royal content on your first playthrough of Persona 5 Royal. Wasted 120 hours. Um, was it easier to get the, uh, the secret ending, or did you have to restart it all <laughs> this time? No, it's much harder. <laughs> it's so difficult. Um, the first time I was going through uh, the main story ending, uh, I actually got the bad ending because I answered one question wrong during a very climactic conversation. And it rolled the bad ending and I had to sit through the credits. I couldn't skip through them or anything. Uh, it was very painful. Uh, but I was diligent. I had saved just before that morning's event. and. Uh, I followed a guide for the rest of the way to get to the true ending. There you go. Because I had known that this was going to happen. I actually was following uh, a few uh, spoiler-free steps um, in order to uh, get to the true content-like threshold. Um, and and that was a, a preventative measure because I did not want to go through the same turmoil of a second Persona playthrough. <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. You have learned your lesson, it, it seems. Um, but uh, I'll help you out. I'm not going to let you talk anymore, Persona. I'm keeping you moving right along. You've got two more games on your list. So tell me about uh, what else you've been playing. I do. I want to get to this first one really quick, uh, even quicker. Uh, it also takes place in Japan. It is Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, currently is on sale on the PSN store, and I decided to check it out after it got some... Uh, I would say uh, positive, but middle reviews. Uh, it, I think it was like uh, rolling around an 80 or 79 on Open Critic. But uh, this game is so fun. Uh, it's really amazing. It's a first person game that takes place in Shibuya. So you're walking through the streets of Tokyo and they're beautifully recreated. And you're seeing it in first person. And uh, it's a very spooky atmosphere. There's a ton of like really cool environmental, uh, like, spooky ghost stuff that you see happening like uh, a cabinet door will just like open and close randomly as you're like walking through a room 
and the only light that is in the building is like the flashlight on your phone so uh it becomes a little spooky a very fun game to play uh when it's very dark very cool yeah that's one uh that i haven't gotten around to myself but yeah it's kind of on my on my back burner list as well um but i've heard uh, some some of the positives I have heard about it have been like the environments and 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 kind of the the mood and feel is that is that uh, kind of shining out as a highlight for you as you as you go through? Oh yeah, uh, it's really incredible seeing the sort of uh, integration of like Japanese culture and like uh, mythos and their spirits and yokai and like a bunch of like uh, really great cultural things, including um, you can get like an omikuji uh, buff which is essentially like uh, you draw these uh, uh, fortune tokens uh, at a shrine and it'll give you like a temporary buff to your like playthrough um, that'll either like double like pickups on like money and like uh, ether, which is a basic, basically your SP because uh, the game is a first person shooter uh, where your guns are just your magic hands um, uh which is another reason why it's so fun because I've been really itching for a shooter. And, I, uh, I think I played this game uh, in the woods when I was a kid, actually. Yeah, totally. Uh, but <laughs> now you have actual fire coming out of your hands instead of a uh, pretend avatar fire. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, that's cool to hear that you're having fun with that one. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, you definitely have made me a little more interested in it if, if, if you're in there having a good time. You've got one more game here, Vince. Do you want to tell us about it? I got one more. I'm so sorry, but I know Delane and uh, Nathan, you'll both be interested in this because this game is on the Switch. It is Metroid Dread. I finally got it. I'm finally getting around to playing it. And uh, man, uh, this game is cool and moody and atmospheric and also scary. I'm playing two spooky games right now and I'm having a blast. Cool. Uh, do you have a lot of experience with the Metroid series or is this like a first jump in point for you? Uh, I played Super Metroid, and um, I have played a bunch of other Metroidvanias, uh, Record of Lodos War and uh, uh, Hollow Knight and um, uh, SteamWorld Dig. I mean, kind of, not really, but kind of. Um, uh, even Dead Cells, to an extent, like that. that is more of a roguelike, but uh, it has some of those same uh, elements of traversal and like map extension. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I stand by my point that this game would not have received like the amount of attention that it got uh, from Nintendo if not for the success of Hollow Knight and like the mm. reintegration of the Metroidvania genre through the indie scene. Um, but it's Nintendo and it's Metroid, so of course it plays really, really well. Um, my one huge gripe about this thing is that I can tell it wants to be on a more powerful console. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, but uh, let's not open up that discussion right now. I think you've heard our complaints and woes of wanting a, a more powerful Switch on this show uh, more than once, but... Uh, I'm I'm happy to hear that you're having fun with that one as well. Um, yeah, Metroid Dread. It sounded like it was kind of a return to form for that series, so that's uh, that's that's good to see a, a kind of win for Nintendo. But let's keep this moving. We've got more people here and even less time. So Delane, I'm not going to make you go first or last. I'll come to you second here. Tell us about some games that you've been playing. Nice. I love to go in the middle. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I, um, let's see, I've been plugging away at Bastion for a little while. Um, I, I think I've mentioned on my last appearance on your show that I especially loved Hades, um, spent a lot of time on that one. And so naturally I kind of wanted to explore the rest of what Supergiant had to offer, went back and picked up some of their earlier games and picked up Bastion. Um, it's fun to play kind of their earlier entries and kind of see a lot of the elements that later came into Hades and like kind of came together to create like this incredible, really memorable game for me. Um, and yeah, Bastion's been a lot of fun. I like the mechanics a lot. It's a little bit light on story. So I find myself um, having to motivate myself to keep playing a little bit, you know, because I'm getting like little tiny fragments. It's a lot of effort for like very little reward in terms of story. <laughs> um, so that's been really good for me actually to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone, maybe with games and enjoy the mechanics a little bit more than I generally um, find myself in other types. So um, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I think the second one I have listed was uh, Wolf Among Us, which I originally played years ago. Um, thank you, Nathan. He lent me his copy. Uh, I think most of my games that I've really enjoyed have come from Nathan as a suggestion, whether he has loaned me a copy or just suggested it to me or encouraged me to pick it up. And that was one that he loaned me the copy. I think I played it through really quickly and was like telling him like, this is amazing. Thank you so much for recommending it. Um, and then I, you know, had a great experience with it and gave him back his copy. And then recently I saw the Batman movie, um, which I feel like kind of thematically similar. And as I was watching it, I was like, no, man, no spoilers I really... here. <laughs> no, no, no spoilers. <laughs> but, um, watching the movie, I was like, man, I really want to replay Wolf Among Us. So I tracked down my own copy and have, uh, I'm excited to start that again, kind of play through it and, you know, see if I can make different choices this time around. It was insane when Batman like spent 20 minutes arguing with Snow White, though. I got to <laughs> say, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> hey, they said no spoilers. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, you mentioned two very, very cool games here. And I don't want to blow past Bastion because this is, this is like one of my favorites. And I love that soundtrack so much. I'll still listen to it this day. That's, that's really cool that uh, you're kind of exploring the back catalog of Supergiant there. Um, I think Bastion is the one that uh, I have played after playing Hades as well a little bit more. And that's where I see the most similarities and thought it was thought it was uh, I agree with you. I thought it was kind of really interesting seeing like, oh, wow, this is like this play is like very similar to Hades in a lot of ways. And you can see how it's kind of Hades is kind of the newest evolution of their formula. Um, so I, I'm really excited to hear that you're checking out Bastion. Uh, that's that's one of my one of my faves for sure. Um, and Wolf Among Us as well. I think uh, the rest of the hardcore gamers here are big fans of that one um, out of the Telltale catalog. Um, do you uh, do you like that type of format then? Do you uh, plan on checking out any more Telltale games? Oh man, I love the format. I love decision-based games. Um, I know the other big Telltale game is The Walking Dead um, entry that they did. And mm -hmm. I am just like pathologically terrified of zombies. So <laughs> I don't know if I'll have the courage to play it, even though I've heard just incredible things about it and everyone recommends it. They're like, oh, you love, you know, Wolf Among Us. This is exactly your type of game. And I'm like, I fully believe you. I'm just literally too scared. So yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see. Maybe I'll get brave enough to, you know, go for it. I, I There are a lot of great zombie games out there that I know I've missed, <laughs> Last of Us. Um, so, you know, I'll come. Do it. Maybe I'll I'll toughen up. 
All right. All right. Well, you'll have to report back to us later. But Nathan, I'm coming to you. What have you been playing now? Well, everybody here knows I love my really weird games. And I stumbled across a very weird game. Uh, it is called Everhood. It is a rhythm adventure game with kind of a 16-bit aesthetic, kind of similar to something like Undertale. But it is... Uh, I think the only like real tagline I could give this game is it's basically Step Up on DMT. Like, it's... It is bizarre, man. It is weird. So you, so all of you're going on this weird adventure, going through these like almost like surreal lamps landscape, and interacting with these very strange characters, and all the like battles take place on this like rock band guitar hero style grid where you're avoiding and jumping around um, these bosses' attacks, and it's to this really sick soundtrack that you know keeps. It's just like kind of just a bop all throughout. And it it starts out pretty like simple with you just like, you know, avoiding everything. But the game like like very quickly becomes this psychedelic like monstrosity. Like at one point the like track completely like flipped into a three sixty on me. And so I'm trying to avoid all the attacks while like the lights are like flashing at me. So if you have epilepsy, I would avoid this. Um, and it just, I, I, I felt like I taken a really bad acid trip, but in the best way possible. Uh, that's, that's the tagline right there. Um, <laughs> Nathan, um, you killed me with step up on DMT. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. I like this morning was just playing and my partner has come downstairs and I'm just like kind of sitting there, like looking like a drool is about to come out of my mouth because I was just like, what the hell is happening right now? I just, oh man, it's, it's nuts. It is absolutely bananas. I, if you have any sort of morbid curiosity about like weird, strange games, I give this a full recommend. I haven't finished it yet. Well, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Check this out. Well, I'm looking I... at my Twitch right now and sweating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's very cool. I, um, that sounds very fun. Uh, the, the sort of mix up of genres you were mentioning, like a rhythm game that's, that's kind of built out into this adventure. Uh, that, that sounds pretty cool and unique. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that you're having fun with that one. I, I think you have turned us on to one or two rhythm games uh, in the past before as well. So, uh, I, I take your word for, uh, you know, knowing that kind of style and knowing what's good and what's bad. So, uh, I'll, I'll have to keep that one on my list as well. I will just quickly mention uh, the game that I've been playing as we're running a bit lower on time. I've been checking out Ashen, uh, which is a 2019 um, Souls-like. Uh, and this game's really interesting. Um, I'm kind of surprised that I heard almost nothing about this game. At least it didn't pop up on my radar much. Um, but it's an open world Souls-like. Uh, came out before Elden Ring. Not nearly as complicated, uh, as complex, or as good as Elden Ring, but not bad. This game is actually really good. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's got kind of this abstract, painterly style to it, and that really gives it um, its own sense of identity. Um, and you you get like a follower uh, that is with you most of the time, so you've 
almost always have a companion which is is kind of nice and there are like certain doors that you can only open with two people um so it it does have you know it's its own things that make it unique uh but it's actually it's pretty high quality so far as well um there are caves that you go into and one of the kind of unique mechanics that it makes you play around is light and uh you have a lantern as one of your uh left hand items and you uh when you have the lantern equipped it takes up your left hand so that you can't have your shield out but you can put down your lantern set it on the ground and then continue fighting but then you have to like try to make the fight you know stay around the light so you can see um so there you know it's it's got some some of its own unique challenges and kind of cool things to play around like that so so i've been having a lot of fun with that uh and i definitely think it's worth checking out if you if you've beaten elden ring if you've played all the other souls like and are, are looking for something kind of in that same uh of that same flavor check out ashen uh it is it is worth the time sounds really interesting uh i've definitely been wanting to check this out and uh I think I owe it to myself to check out what other souls likes are doing, especially one uh, with a concept like that. With that, uh, we're going to move on to our topic of the show. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are going to jump right into our topic of the show. Today, we're recording episode 30 of the Hardcore Gamer Show. So, of course, we're going to be looking at a few video game series that are over 30 years old themselves. I think there's going to be a few surprises on this list. I think uh, I think you guys will uh, laugh at some of the game series that are on this list that are so old. To qualify, I'm reading off the list of longest-running video game franchises from Wikipedia here. And to qualify for the list, a video game franchise must have seen regular releases with no more than a 10-year-long gap in between for at least 25 years. And this list also only includes franchises that started out as video games. Uh, so there might be uh, some licensed video games that have also been long-running. You won't see those here. Uh, but let's jump right into the first entry on this list. Uh, the longest-running franchise, according to the list of longest-running video game franchises from Wikipedia, The Oregon Trail. Uh, with its first release in December of 1971, that makes this series 49 years old. Oh my god! Isn't that incredible? So I think uh, I'm 26. I think most of us are 26 here. Uh, it's not not quite, but that's just about double our age. Isn't that crazy? Actual history. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I don't, I don't know about you guys. Have you guys played Oregon Trail? I played this one in school. I forget which version it was, but uh, I, I remember playing this one in, in grade school. I played a uh, mobile phone version of Oregon Trail uh, and did poorly. The game's <laughs> hard. It's hard to survive. <laughs> it can be tough to survive. Um, something that always, you know, is, is a little consolation along the trail is uh, when you've named all, uh, you know, your your travelers uh you've named them all your friends names and uh you know vincent dies of dysentery uh feels bad but it's also pretty funny feels prophetic <laughs> um so wait it... hold on i i, I want to know like what's the latest entry the latest entry for the oregon trail came out in april 
second of 2021 i believe this was the uh newest apple arcade iteration of the game uh which which i have played and yeah that's that's what i'm talking about where where some of these some of these like entries you'll you'll be like oh okay i guess i guess that is that same series um and 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 it matches the qualifications there so so yeah they consider that all part of the same franchise and that makes the oregon trail franchise 49 years old so that's developed this uh this uh i don't have the developer for the most recent apple arcade version john oregon and jason trail (laughs) um uh the owner of the franchise though is hilariously listed as mecc which of course is the minnesota educational computing consortium uh the the original developers of uh oregon trail um they're best known for developing uh edutainment uh video games so that's where that's where that series comes from nice um Let's go to the second franchise, the second oldest franchise listed on Wikipedia's list of longest running video game franchises is Pac-Man. Yeah. Uh, The original Pac-Boy came out in July of 1980. That makes this series 41 years old. This latest released was Pac-Man Museum Plus. That one came out in May 26 of this year. It's not May 26th yet. It's still it's coming, coming out. out. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's living in June of 2022. I don't know. Where you guys need to get a. You guys need to get up here. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I didn't even question it. I was like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just read it off, and it's got the date listed there. Didn't even occur to me. But yeah, that that series still very active. I feel like there's a new a new Pac-Man collection or variation coming out every other year or something. What if there was like a Pac-Man Battle Royale, like Pac-Man 99 or something? There is? I I was going to say, I'm pretty sure there is something like that. There's a Pac-Man Battle Royale. It's hard, but it's there. (laughs) Wow. Amazing. I played like a a 3D version of Pac-Man on the GameCube growing up, and it was like a fully fleshed out, like... RPG. It was, it wasn't like oh, yeah. I was really because I as a kid I'd only ever played it on like pinball machines basically you know like like that kind of arcade style mm-hmm. and to see it like you know you're running around like in a in a, a, a world that Pac-Man inhabits was was really shocking. I think I still have it. I know which game you're talking about. I think they made two Pac-Man adventures. Yeah, one uh, of the, the ghosts is in love with Pac-Man. It's weird. Oh my god. I'd forgotten about that, but you're totally right. Wow, I'm unlocking childhood memories <laughs> as we talk about this. Sorry, <laughs> Miss Pac-Man. Let's keep on moving down this list. Number three, a familiar face, Mario. Um, this lists the first Mario game as Donkey Kong from July of 1981. Uh, so that makes Mario 40 years old. 40 years, 11 months old. Um, so we have had the mustachioed plumber man around for quite some time. It's listing its latest release as Mario Strikers Battle League, which is coming coming out June 10th of this year. Uh, but I think even even without the sort of uh, side, uh, you know, sport entry games and everything, you you would still have uh, plenty of Mario mainline Mario games to to keep it on this list. 
Mario has been jumping like that for 40 years, his knees have been annihilated. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Mario time continuum gets a little confusing, though, because sometimes baby Mario exists at the same time as regular Mario. Is that a different person? What's going on there? The multiverse of was, Mario. Yeah, I always thought it was a, a, a child, like a, like a Mario's child. Is, is it Mario's? So he named, Mario, he named his own it? baby Mario? Well, isn't isn't his first and last name both Mario? Like it's I remember Mario, reading. Mario. Yeah, I remember reading trivia that Luigi is listed as Luigi Mario. <laughs> I, so. I think I think if you look this up, it has been confirmed and then denied multiple times. Hey, <laughs> Nintendo. It is currently Mario Mario as of like I think like two years ago, according to Miyamoto. But it and, has changed like periodically for whatever reason. And that child in Yoshi's Island is named Baby. First name Baby, last name Mario. I mean, that makes sense to me. Like, I feel like that that makes as much sense as Mario Mario. So <laughs> with all of our questions answered, I'll go rapid fire. Best Mario, Nathan. Uh, Odyssey. Vincent. Um, uh, World. Delane. Sunshine. Michael, Ooh. Galaxy 2, baby. Damn! Guys, this is the best episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. What a great series that we can all have a different answer for which one is the best. And they're all correct. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know, and there are other choices that would have been good, too. Like, I almost said Paper Mario. And that, I loved that one. I know. Yeah. I almost said Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> we, we all have runners-up, too. Um, moving right along... Let's go to number four on the list. Number four on the list uh, here is listed Galaxian. Uh, Galaxian, the first entry came out in October of 1979. It's listing the latest release as Galaga Revenge from 2019. That makes this series 39 years old. Not one that I have a ton of experience with, my, with myself, actually. I used to play a ton of Galaga. Me too. <laughs> Love Galaga. Galaga's great, and uh, that actually confirms one of my suspicions is that Galaxian and Galaga are like similar, like the same games, basically. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they have this the same says font. they're the same franchise. Yeah, Wikipedia says so. Uh, I think you're onto something. My first ever uh, uh, Game Boy Advance game was Namco Museum, and I would play mm. Dig Dug, and I would play Galaga on my uh, Game Boy Advance. Very nice. Loved Namco Museum. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Next up, number five, we've got Space Invaders. And uh, Space Invaders first came out in June of 1978. This is one of the ones that uh, I think you're kind of like surprised. Like, when did they release another Space Invaders? This is listing its most recent release as Arkanoid versus Space Invaders from May 17th, 2017. Uh, so that makes it still an active franchise, making it 38 years old. Man, Space Invaders, just go play Galaga. <laughs> uh, you heard it here. You can skip Space Invaders. Uh, number six, we've got Frogger. Uh, Frogger came out in June of 1981. Uh, that makes it 38 years old. And if you're wondering when was the last time they released a new Frogger game, We've got another Apple Arcade entry keeping these franchises alive. Frogger in Toy Town came out in uh, September Frogger 20 of 2019. That who sounds could, like who could forget epic. Frogger in Toy Town? 
<laughs> unfollowing Frogger right now. I didn't know he had went to Toy Town. <laughs> Canceled. No, but I'm really curious because like, I don't have any experience with the newer iterations of these. I'm curious like how much they've changed because I remember playing Frogger as a kid and it, it was pretty much just like get across the road. Um, like that was the whole game. So I'm, I'm curious now, like I'll have, I'm kind of like wondering if I should like check out Toy Town to see if it's changed that much. Like, are there other aspects to the game than just survival? <laughs> if, if you don't have Apple Arcade, uh, you should check it out. You should get Apple Arcade because... <laughs> I, I'm actually a big fan of Apple Arcade. They put a lot of really good games on there, and it's cool because, you know, they don't have any of that ad BS going on or, like, wait this amount of time to get hearts back. Um, that Oregon Trail game that came out, actually pretty pretty fun. Um, this uh, Frogger in Toy Town, uh, it's kind of that similar similar aspect of, you know, get across the road, but I think this one is built out uh, to be, like, an endless runner type and it's kind of in this 3D, you know, cutesy toys and art and stuff like that are, are the obstacles and everything. So um, check it out. Apple Arcade, man. Also check out Grindstone. Just just buy Grindstone. That is game's that really good. Arcade also? That, that is on <laughs> Apple Arcade. All right. Uh, if, 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 you ha if you have no experience at all, I, I think you'd be surprised by how many good titles are actually on Apple Arcade. But... I won't waste any more time on that because we've got a couple more interesting ones that I want to make sure to hit on. So I, I may end up skipping a few on this list because there are a few that I want to make sure to mention. But uh, let's go to number seven, which is the very next one, uh, but I think is kind of fun here. And that is Wolfenstein. Now, Castle Wolfenstein came out in September of 1981. That makes this series 37 years old. Newest release was Wolfenstein Youngblood from July of 2019. You guys play any Wolfenstein? I've never played Wolfenstein, but I I believe that there's new entries all the time. Killing <laughs> Nazis never goes out of fashion. Truer words have never been spoken. Um, but let's move down the list just a few. Number nine, we've got The Legend of Zelda, baby. Finally showing up in February of 1986. Legend of Zelda is 35 years old. Um, has anyone played that original Legend of Zelda? Yeah, it's so hard. It's a little it's rough, so right? Hard. It's a little it's rough so at this obscure. point. Scarer, like you don't like those first few titles, man. You don't know where to go or what to do, but you're just jamming out to chip tunes, so it's fine. No wonder the Nintendo Hotline was such a like marketable business thing. Nobody knew how to play that damn game. Oh yeah. Man, could you could you imagine? There used to be so many cool jobs. You know, you could be a game operator, uh, just waiting by the phone for kids to call you and ask you where to go in a game next. Yeah, you wear a headset and you use your power pad to like play the game alongside them. How how cool is that? It was a different time. Um, but man, Zelda is one of my favorite uh, characters. He's so cool. I love his green little outfit, Zelda his his hair his ears to zelda's so cool be gone troll <laughs> um in trouble I, <laughs> I saw somebody on twitter mm -hmm. that was like look at my uh zelda cosplay and they're dressed up as link and uh, people in the comments were mad so that's always fun <laughs> like zelda williams did something like that 
and people were like trying to like explain it to her and she was like no for real like i know (laughs) her twitter is really funny i I recommend it (laughs) imagine mansplaining to zelda williams (laughs) yeah it was pretty painful and also funny as most (laughs) mansplaining is actually (laughs) actually Um, blaine i can take it from here about me yeah why don't you go ahead Um, yeah, now we do have a female co-host, so we have unlocked mansplaining. Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, quickly moving past that, let's go to number 11, which I think is fun. We've got the Reader Rabbit series. Uh, Reader Rabbit initially came out in 1983, somehow still having releases with its later, latest release being Reader Rabbit Jumpstarter from September of 2018. Of course, this is owned and produced by The Learning Company, and uh, I have never played any of these Reader Rabbit games, but I think that's pretty fun that they're listed here on our list of franchises. There's probably so many old edutainment games that are probably going to pop up just because, yeah, they've been around forever and they're, you know, what are they going to do, be critically panned and then never put out one again? No, there's always going to be kids. Yeah. Um, Number 12 here, another fun one, we've got Metroid. Uh, The original Metroid came out in August of 86. That makes it another 35-year-old franchise. Vince, uh, you've been talking about playing the latest release. Isn't that pretty interesting, knowing that this is one of the oldest franchises still getting a new release in uh, 2021? It's very cool. Um, I'm still uh, waiting to find out uh, why Metroid can't crawl. if uh, anyone has any uh, news on that, please let me know at uh, the HGZ show. Thank you. Um, let's see. What's another good one? Okay, here it is. Here it is. Number 18, uh, one that I think uh, we're all going to like here. Megami Tensei. The first entry in this series is Digital Devil Story, uh, colon, Megami Tensei. And this is from September of 1987. That makes the Shin Megami Tensei series 34 years old. It is up there with some of the oldest, longest-running series. Its newest release, Shin Megami Tensei Five, came out in 2021. Wait, they're only up to five? (laughs) (laughs) That Delane, you asked a good question. I mean, I'm I'm kind of kidding because I'm sure they all have you know wild titles, but still, I would have thought after, you know, I, all of those years, it's, it's a lot of just like like different like the main there's the mainline series one through five, and then like you know they've got like I, I I've got a lot of like Shimagami on my 3ds. Like there's one that's yeah. called like Strange Journey Redux. There's one that's <laughs> called Soul Hackers. There's another one that's called devil survivors 2 record break uh record yeah record breaker it's it's weird stuff like that there's so many spin-offs for this yes, um, the, the kingdom hearts model i think essentially yeah that is Michael, an apt observation yeah i have i have some distressing news for you uh, tell me tell me i i believe you have uh unintentionally aired here for you see digital devil story megami tensei the novel released a year earlier in 1986. What does this? What does this mean for me? We're sliming it, him. It means uh, that you're gonna be <laughs> d- dunked in the slime persona. 
Wait, what about slime? I was not told of any slime. <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry, Delane. We're getting the pipes installed in your uh, apartment, but we will. Uh, don't, don't worry don't... about it. You it's... will. You will never see them. Is yeah. that contract I signed or no? <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way, Delane. Haven't you always wanted to go to the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards? Because we're going to make that happen in your living room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Joy. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, back to Michael getting slid. <laughs> yeah. Project change. Just, all right. And uh, I'm going to take a quick shower, uh, but <laughs> we will be right back after this break. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I've got uh, at least, let's do at least one more here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see if I can find another fun one that's good for us. I'll go with uh, number 19, actually, right after Megami Tensei, and that is going to be the Dragon Quest series. Um, this is another cool one from May of 86, another 34 years old, with its latest release being Dragon Quest Tact, something I don't even know what that is, uh, from July 16 of 2020. Um, <laughs> I've played uh, one or two of the mainline Dragon Quest games, and I've enjoyed them. So... Uh, I think that's another fun one. Have, do you guys have experience with this uh, franchise or are you more Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts only people? For me personally, uh, I played uh, 11S on the Switch and loved it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, 10 offline. Uh, and um, I think they're doing a, a HG2D uh, Dragon Quest 3 or Dragon Quest 6. I don't recall. But uh, uh, those, I mean, man... <laughs> of course i'm gonna play those i i forgot about that one i'm excited about that i really like that art style and dragon quest 12 uh should be uh i think it's in production very exciting yeah some of these series uh still continuing still coming out uh this year and beyond so pretty incredible stuff some of these longest running video game franchises that we're celebrating as the hgz show itself turns 30 episodes old but that's going to wrap up this section. We'll be right back with some community questions. All right, and we are back with our final section of the episode. We're going to be listening to some community questions. Of course, there are three ways that you can get involved in our community's questions section. Nathan, what's one way that you can get involved? You can tweet at us at the HGZ show on Twitter, or you can email us at hgzgameclub at gmail.com. And Vincent, is there another way you can get involved? Hey, you can join us on Discord. We're very active. <laughs> there you have it. So let's jump right into them. First question up, we've got Brownie Boy, uh, who submits the question, which console has the best controller? Good question, Brawny Boy. I think uh, there are a few ways that you could tackle best, but uh, I'll, I'll go right to Nathan first here. Nathan, are you going to make a case for a Nintendo controller? Because I am prepared to shut you down. <laughs> I, okay. So I'll take this from a, both a realistic and from my own personal look. So the realistic is the best controller is always kind of the newest one. And that's just because they form factor and the features they add to each controller are always good. Like for instance, like the form factor for the Xbox controller is really good these days. 
the DualSense has really great like haptic feedback features, and the Nintendo Switch Pro controller is also really like you know nice in your hands, and you know the gyro and everything in that's really cool. But I'm gonna say, for as old as it is, man, and it still gets used to stay in tournament play. That OG Nintendo GameCube controller freaking bops, man, and it still does. You go to any Smash like tournament and if you don't have a like Genki controller even for Smash Ultimate you're a fool and we'll get laughed out there out of that place. <laughs> all right, all right, that's a fair answer. Um I was just kind of hoping that you would say the Wii mote. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. What am I saying? Yeah, it's the Wii mote. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Um no, it's I think actually, you're right. Crappy little Wii gamepad that they came out with. That's like, oh yeah, <laughs> come on, <laughs> that thing was cool looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think you're onto something, Nathan. Uh, that GameCube controller actually is a pretty good one, and yeah, still used today. So uh, I think that says something for you know its its longevity for sure. Um, Delane, where do you weigh in on this? What kind of what kind of console controllers do you like best? Uh, you know, I have to agree with Nathan. Honestly, that was my answer. My very first console was a GameCube. And so I grew up with that like silver wired, like thick plastic, good weighted controller. And I still have it. Like it's like almost as old as I am. And I still have it. It still works. I love it. It just like sits so comfortably in my hand. The buttons have a satisfying click to them. Um, yeah. So my reasons are purely nostalgic and personal, but I'm going to pretend that I gave really good, you know, empirical reasons. <laughs> that them, so. You also hey, get that nice half click on the triggers too. Yes. Ah, uh, I just, it's, it's unbeatable. I think actually when I think of video game controller, like that is what I picture. <laughs> Good answer. Another good opinion. Vincent, what's it going to take to get another answer other than the GameCube <laughs> controller around here, my man? Don't you worry, Michael. I am going to... It's not going to be all Nintendo love here, my man. Uh, I actually have this. Uh, it's the closest uh, controller to me. It is the... Uh, um, hold on. It is the Super Nintendo controller. I did lie. It is another Nintendo controller. Um... I keep this MF thing on me. I have my mini console uh, set up to my uh, monitor. Uh, the Super Nintendo is the greatest controller of all time. It was my first ever console. And this thing sits perfectly in your hand. Your fingers rest on the shoulder buttons. And your thumbs are drawn into the beautiful tactile D-pad with those excellent arrow embossments. And uh, the, the fact that the two sets of buttons, uh, the, the colors. Wow. Can we talk about the colors here, folks? We got this uh, purpley indigo that would later get used for the GameCube. Then we have this like nice light grayish like lilac as well. Uh, and the lilac buttons have indents and uh, the uh, the purple buttons have like little like more circular dents. Like I, it's perfect. It's the perfect controller. <laughs> Yeah, I would have never guessed in like a million years that was what you were going to pull out from behind the screen and that <laughs> lured me. I, I was waiting for you uh, to pull out the play date <laughs> and say that this handheld device is the best. The crank is the best controller. I mean, it's the best controller for the play date, that's for sure. 
Um, my answer, I'll say quickly that I, I pretty much agree with what Nathan said up top that kind of the newest ones, I feel like they've really figured out the ergonomics of how to make it feel just like it fits in your hand correctly. Um, and I've had a really, really great experience with the DualSense on the PlayStation 5. They've got some vibrating motors in there that I've felt vibrations that I didn't even know existed. Uh, that stuff's kind of incredible. But I, th I think the all-time best feeling in the hand controller was the xbox 360 controller it just had the perfect shape uh at least for my hands it it fit in there like it was uh you know just an extension of my hand <laughs> that's a good I, choice too the xbox i feel that michael and the uh i would say the stock um xbox controller that comes with the series s or a series x are like also like great accompaniments and like further iterations of that 360 controller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that thing was a classic. Next question comes from uh, Johann Sebastian Spock. Uh, they ask, do you have any voice clips or game sounds that are permanently seared into your brain? Dwayne, I'll come to you here first. Are there any voice clips or game sounds that you can identify almost immediately if you heard them? And you know, a really fun time thinking about this because it was like a nice little like reminiscence of all of the bosses that have been really hard for me to beat throughout my video game <laughs> career but honestly the one that i have to choose and it's not a boss um it's like an npc is uh the fisherman in jack and daxter um there's a fishing mini game you can play in that game and i don't know why they did this <laughs> But the fisherman like stands to the side of you while you're playing it and he will like narrate how it's going. And I can just like still hear his like crazy like commentary. He's like, here comes a big one. Like, I mean, it's just forever. And I feel like I've said it in my day to day life in like reasonable context. Now I of course can't think of any reason in my life I would ever <laughs> say that, but I'm sure it's come up because why wouldn't it? But anyway, it's just one of those things that I like, you know, I can still hear it perfectly. Like I am playing the game right now. So anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I you're, could recreate it for you all. You're, you're telling me that you wouldn't bring it up on our first days. Like, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you ever play this game and just like reenact it for him? And he's like, you know what? I got to go. I, I Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. um, Free of the check. <laughs> No, that that's that's really funny, and I like I like that you brought this up. I think um, kind of moments that you struggled with uh, kind of forced this to happen because my answer too is I I don't even remember what game I tried to look this up. I could not for the life of me figure out which game it was. But me and my buddy were playing this game on co-op. We were trying to we were coming up on the final boss. And I think we were playing it on the hardest difficulty, and this boss has an un unskippable cutscene that plays when you start the fight every single time, of course. And we kept failing over and over. And his his the boss's line uh, at the start is he says, "I'm dressed to kill and ready to slaughter." And um, I swear to God, I heard that voice line like a thousand plus times. And even right now, like I can hear that voice line playing in my head. So I think I think it is those times that you like struggled with and the game kind of forced you to, <laughs> to listen to over and over that really cements it in your brain. Because obviously I could, you know, Mario's Wahoo or something. I think that's that's an easy answer. But I think some of those ones that you struggled with maybe are are like the ones that are permanently seared into your brain. Nathan, what about you? Are there any are there any uh, parts that you struggled with or or you know what 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 voice line is is in your brain? It's it, it's the um, 
it's always the games I spent like the most time with, and it's usually for whatever reason 3D platformers. Because like immediately I thought of Super Mario 64, and whenever you would hit like a non-existent wall, he's like, "Don't!" And like you know, Whoa. yeah, his uh, bonk sounds. Yeah, or like something like Banjo Kazooie, <laughs> like it's like borderline goofy. Or it's like you know, Kazooie's like, just yeah, a lot, a lot of like those death um an- animation voice lines, like oh. One of the uh, Banjo-Kazooie sounds that I use in my everyday life is Wahey! (laughs) From the polar bear. Yep. I thought you were going to tell us that you just walk around going, yo (laughs) I do. Uh, (laughs) No, for for me, and I can't believe uh, no one said it, but Get up on the Hydra's back! is something that every Kingdom Hearts player knows. Oh my god. I had like flashbacks when you said that. Oh my gosh. uh, Phil is so obnoxious. He never lets you live. He never lets you do anything. He's just yelling at you to get up on the Hydra's back. Phil, I am trying. Um, But the other one, and like, I gotta, I just have to. I was uh, nine years old. And I was playing uh, Shadow the Hedgehog, which I rented from Hollywood Video, and I fell. And Shadow said, damn, not here. And I was like, whoa, my video game said a bad word. So that forever has been in my head. Incredible. Uh, So there you you have it, uh, Mr. Spock. Those are some of our uh, voice lines and clips. Next question comes to us by way of PDX Pete, uh, who asks, which five game characters would you recruit to be the video game's Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, I think that's a great question. I think, um, so the way I see this is we've got five spots to fill, right? We've got Star-Lord, got leader, face man, guy. We've got Gamora, our, you know, badass assassin, warrior, babe, girl. Uh, we've got Drax, kind of the crazy uh, buff warrior guy, and Groot and Rocket. Um, do you guys have uh, picks for for your five? Let's uh, Vince. I'll, do. I'll, I'll come right back to you first. Okay, okay. Oh, lay yeah. it on us. All right, I have it uh, in this order I, now, and I'm not really assigning people like classifications, but if okay. you look at this list, you'll you'll see like kind of the position they'll fill, the sort of role they'll have on the team. Firstly, I got Madeline from Celeste. Uh, you're always going to want someone with teleportation powers, uh, especially someone who's as nimble as Madeline. Uh, next, we have Joker from Persona 5. He is for sure the kind of like Star-Lordy type. I mean, I, I guess he would just be a human, but if you can use your personas in space, that'd be pretty tight. Um, the third, and uh, I will be taking no comments on this, is jack and daxter uh that's right they're one person great everyone seems okay with that (laughs) like it's like Groot and rocket they're like a team uh my my fourth one is samus from metroid because duh samus is essentially like a guardians of the galaxy character she is iron man and captain marvel kind of um and my last one number five is uh timo thank you um Okay, interesting how you chose cancer to be the last member of your team there. Uh, but we're not, we're not, your, your list is not open to discussion, as, as mentioned. Yeah, I, I would no say question. that he is as important as a constellation, that's right. 
so I, I was originally thinking let's like settle on uh, the HGZ five, but I think I think we might have too many here. I, I'm just interested in hearing because I think those are I think those are some good picks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I was close to choosing Jack and Daxter as well uh, for one or two of my characters because I, I think you're right, Delane, Rocket, and Groot. They almost come as as a team, right? Um, but Nathan, uh, what do you got for me? Who who who's on your Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, so from the top, uh, I did Big V for one of them, and it's a really good one. Yeah, and like I know it's like a little bit left of what Starfield or Star Starfield got it on the mind, man. Uh, <laughs> Star Lord is, but like I feel like he's a really good like leader character. And then I put Daxter for you know Rocket, but mm. instead of uh, Jack for uh, for Groot. Because Jack talks like you know Jack and Dexter full or Jack two forward, put Kirby as Groot. Ooh, that's a good Groot. It is a good Groot because the only thing that Kirby can really do is just say boil, and that's about it. <laughs> He's um, an alien for sure. An alien. He's an unbeatable alien. And then I put for like my Drax character, I put Kratos, but I put like God of War like one through three Kratos, where he's just like a monster and barely speaks other than just to insult gods or tear off somebody's head okay all right and then for my gamora my final character i did aloy because i think she would fill that spot very nicely okay a but... playstation heavy team this is a very playstation heavy team hey the man has spoken um <laughs> nathan i think those are i think those are really good picks as well i think that would be a stellar guardians team um delane what about you? I'm interested in your picks. What do you got for us? Really hard question. I didn't really think of it in terms of swapping out specific members. I kind of thought about it as like forming a well-rounded team. So um, I don't know. And I, I'm, I feel like I'm criticizing my own picks at this point. Like I'm like, this is a terrible choice. But I mean, I they're can't all. Wait. Like... <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I think the issue is I kept thinking like none of these people would willingly work in a team also. So that was kind of a problem as well. But okay. So I was thinking about it in like larger groups, like, okay, you need like someone who is good at like being the muscle, someone who's good at being the leader, someone who's good at being the brains, you know, that kind of thing. So I went with, I also picked Kirby. I think Kirby is a very versatile, um, like team member. He's good for morale, you know, he's shaped like a friend. So, I mean, hard to go wrong with Kirby. Um, also shaped he, like a friend. Yeah. And he, he's, he like, nothing really seems to go too wrong for him. You know, like the worst things that happen to him is like someone steals his cake. And so, I mean, I think we need that energy. Um, he'll just, he'll eat you. Like if like <laughs> anything goes wrong, he will, but like, you know, only if you like really deserve it. I feel like so, <laughs> that's the kind of, you know, governing, you know, team member I want there. So anyway, yes, Kirby for sure. Um, in terms of like a intelligent character, I have to go with Professor Layton. I think he is a great member because he is like a very fair character. He's very diplomatic um, and he's very smart. So you need someone who is able to solve those tricky puzzles. Um, I also picked Zagreus because I love him. <laughs> I have no other reason except he's awesome. And I feel like he would be really fun to have around. He's kind of like sarcastic. I think he'd be, I think he'd be good muscle. Yeah, yeah right? Hell yeah. Of a guy. Mm -hmm. And then I also picked Cloud from Final Fantasy um, just to add more muscle because to kind of make up for maybe oh. the muscle that Professor Layton can't bring to the team. <laughs> um, you know, and then lastly, 
also kind of for morale and diplomacy reasons, um, I picked the bard from Wander Song because he solves problems through song. And I think that's really nice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, he kind of saves his whole world in the video game just by being like himself and a positive force. And yeah, like I said, I, I like all of these picks, but also I, I think maybe there's room for <laughs> for improvement. <laughs> Delane, this sounds like a home DMD session, honestly. <laughs> I, th I think, I think that's a great, I think that's a great team, actually. I think, uh, I think you did, did well kind of, a rounding out this team with uh you know everyone's got their particular set of talents i think that's a good team as well I, i'm actually re I'm, I'm really happy with all of your guys's answer that's that's uh yeah really great answers from all i will quickly run down mine here uh i was trying to kind of one for one replace uh characters here so my star lord of course is mario um chris same, same voice actor exactly so you know that just makes sense um gamora my gamora is actually aloy as well nathan i think i think we're on to something there we've got a badass warrior babe replacing gamora uh <laughs> and you know she's a world savior so it's nothing she's not uh unfamiliar with drax i also went with kratos i think that's a little bit too good of a pick maybe <laughs> it's like yeah this guy makes sense for uh you know he's got these crazy tattoos he's known for being not much more than this like ruthless warrior crazy guy um, my Groot pick here, though, I went with Big Daddy from uh, the Bioshock franchise because I was trying to think of another character that doesn't talk. Uh, so that was one of <laughs> one of my main qualifications there. But, you know, he's also kind of like a big brute uh, and uh, Groot does a little bit of that. So I went with Big Daddy. And then for Rocket, I, I had what I thought was kind of the easy way out. And that was Fox McCloud. Uh, because, you know, he, Rocket's kind of got, like, the arsenal, and he's also, like, a little Fox guy, so I think Fox McCloud is, like, more of a one-for-one, one. but also I was thinking of Master Chief from the Halo series, because he's kind of comfortable picking up any, you know, armaments, rockets, uh, you know, different guns, and, and operating, like, the ships, uh, and, you know, Rocket does all of that sort of stuff as well, so, uh, you could, you could, you could disagree with me on, on that pick, and maybe the Fox McCloud one is a little more fitting, but either way, that was my team of five there. Lots of big personalities. I like the big daddy choice. I almost picked him as well. Um, it's like That's a really smart. great, yeah, really good one. I think that would make a lot of like really cool, interesting team dynamics as well, because it's just like, we can't communicate with this guy. And if he's pissed yeah. at us, like <laughs> he's going to let us know. Violently. Oh yeah. Violently. Uh, he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll drill a whole straight through you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's pretty much going to wrap things up for this episode of the Hardcore Gamers Show. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our May Game Club episode on 9 Hours, 9 Persons, 9 Doors. Join us on Discord to talk all things video games, or send us your thoughts to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. And come say hi on Twitter. You can find me at sensei underscore dank, Vincent is at hillian underscore himbo, Nathan is at I guess Nathan, and Delane is at Della Halter. Did I say that right? You did. Thank you. Fantastic. Um, finally, do us a favor. Tell a friend about the show. Tell them it's a show for gamers made by gamers, and they can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Until next time, thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Vincent. Thank you, Delane. My name is Michael Koval. This has been the Hardcore Gamer Show. Gamers out. Gamers out.